and welcome to CAD Speaker Series Podcast. Hello everybody, I'm Camila Lobo and today I'm here with Sulaima Gurani, Danish CEO, motivational speaker, author and philanthropist. Sulaima gave a very interesting talk here at CID. Um, she just talked about career and how to make your mark and achieve your goals in the development sector. If you want to know more about our events or research, please go to cid.harvard.edu. Okay, so first of all, Sulaima, thank you very much for coming and giving us a great talk. And I wanted to start with your, your story. You have a very compelling story. You overcame a lot of prejudices that, that came from being an Arab girl growing up in Denmark. You have this tendency to question the status quo. And um, for me, the message from your talk was that who you are today and, and the strengths of your character came not despite those harsh years, but even because of those harsh years. So... Um, You managed to overcome those difficulties and become a, an even stronger person. What is your advice for people who go through harsh times? How can they come out stronger and better and not let themselves be, be destroyed by those moments? And how can you come out stronger? So first of all, I'm, I'm not a machine. I'm not a robot, right? So when I face hard times, I get super angry, super sad. I might even lie on the floor and cry for a few weeks if it's really painful. Painful in terms of losing lots of money, losing opportunities, being fired, not getting the children that I want or whatever. Like There's a lot of things going on in my life and has always been a lot of things going on in my life. And I'm not an optimist. People say, oh, so you believe in all good? There's a meaning with everything? Are you religious? The thing is, I find it very difficult to see a meaning with some of the things that happens in my life. But what I'm really good at is I don't have a plan B. So I don't have a rich uncle. Uncle, mm -hmm. I don't inherit money. I don't even have a rich husband, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm the breadwinner. And to me, I need to be successful. Like there's no option. There's no plan B in my life. And since I can't really be employed, right? Mm -hmm. I've proven that three times by being fired. I should mm -hmm. not be employed. Let's face it. But I'm very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. I give a lot of energy. Uh, I, have, I have a great network. I, I don't mind traveling. I'm good at raising money. I'm good at closing contracts. So this makes me an excellent entrepreneur. And what I found out is by not having a plan B, failure is not an option. Like I fail a lot. Mm -hmm. But fa real failure is not an option. I yeah. have to overcome whatever comes in my life. And when I have good days, because I have good days, that is the mornings where the kids behave, the husband is happy, mm -hmm. everything goes smoothly, no problems on the phone, mm -hmm. no disaster going on in any of my companies. When I have these magic days, I don't have them too often. Mm -hmm. But when I have them, I really collect energy. Because I know that mm. next week is probably going to be a disaster some way, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so that, is how, that is how I see life. It's an it's a ever-ending story of transition. It's an ever-never-ending ever story about pain and hardship and, and things. And I always, because I'm an author, right? Mm -hmm. I write books. I always say to myself, this is going to be an excellent chapter <laughs> in my next book three years from now. Because you have a painful process where you don't even think that things are funny, right? So mm -hmm. you have to have a distance to things yeah. and then it's going to be a good chapter. So I always think in terms of books. Like you, you probably know this, if your life was a movie, would you see it yourself, right? Yeah. And I don't think that way. I don't see myself coming out on, 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 in a movie. But I always think about 
what I'm experiencing in my life as a chapter in my book. Yeah. Right? And you have always have good stories out of adversities. So. Exactly. And yeah. and that that is something people love to talk about. Yeah. They love to hear about it because I oh, my goodness, it's so embarrassing. Or for instance, when I just gave this presentation, what was the first thing I said? I was fired three times and everyone was like, oh, really? <laughs> like how to beat that, right? Yeah. You can't make this up. And that is what like I think yeah. makes my life exciting. But I feel I find it very difficult to be an optimist, right, all okay. the time. So to answer your question, my life is not easy. I don't. I would. I would like it to be more easy, but it's just a fact. It is not. So I get the best out of it, right? Yeah. And uh, and then I try to stay out of trouble. Like the things that I can impact, <laughs> I stay out of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, you, you talked a lot about life skills and yeah. um, how you don't see yourself as a person that excels on kind of academic skills, but you definitely do in life skills and that has taken you a long way. I think we do tend to focus on academic skills mm. and we kind of can get obsessed with that. Mm. And many times the most successful people are not the ones with the best grades, as you no. said, but, but are the ones that can network and can execute ideas and so on. Since we're not getting those life skills at school, what are some of the ways that we can cultivate these type of skills? How can we become better at those types of things if we're not naturals yeah. for it? So all people have things in their life your parents was divorced, uh, you got diabetes, diabetes when you were 10, or like random things that happens to a lot of people. That will always be a part of your story. You might have a lot of traumas in your life, might mm. be big or small, it depends on from where you see it. All people have things in their life that will be life skills mm -hmm. if they look at it as something they can learn from. But most people, they try to avoid failures. They, they, they choose the safe way, they choose a safe career, they go for Uh, something that is complacent, something that is nice, something that is within what they're capable of doing. They're not stressing themselves too much and they don't put on a lot of risk. So if you go to Burma, for instance, or Myanmar, they have life skills education in school. And why do they have that? Simply because the generation of kids have faced so many issues and, and whatever. And they do have a, a course in most schools like that is called life skills. And the Pope Francis is implementing uh, peacemaking skills in mm -hmm. most of his schools wow. and so I'm thinking it is time now for thinking about what kind of life skills do we need for instance relationship skills because we know that people mm -hmm. if, if they don't know how to handle a relationship they will be more unhappy they mm -hmm. will not be as productive so at that moment where we accept that people go through things in their private life when we really truly put that into the curriculum in schools we will have more people that see themselves as a full package mm -hmm. and being who I am I have such a um respect, deep respect for everything that people that are professors and people who have PhDs and I admire it so much because I was never even close to get that. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to combine that with yeah. people who can execute and get the wild ideas and have that rebels in their life. You have to combine these things. And that is also why I think we should take more risk in who are the teachers we employ, who do we invite as speakers, mm -hmm. like what kind of inspiration do we give the students in mm -hmm. any school? Yeah. Do we invite people from our local environment, local entrepreneurs? Yeah. We know that if you invite an entrepreneur into a class before he or she comes comes into the room, not a lot of people want not a lot of student wants to be entrepreneur. But if they see one, mm -hmm. they're more likely to see that they could become one themselves, and they're more motivated. Mm -hmm. So more real life people, right? Yeah. It's like uh, the fashion industry. We want to see real women, right? We don't. We know that the models are not. <laughs> it's not 
what we yeah, truly look we like. We want right? to see something possible. Yeah, yeah. Po yeah, possible because we need more hope in the world. Yeah, more hope. Yeah, and um, because we need to. Uh, I, I think in these times, it's an election year in, in in US, and it will be in my own country, Denmark. Maybe even this year, we don't know for sure. There's a lot of bar, lots of talking about being scared and being afraid and by closing for a certain amount of people, certain people and lot of, I think we need more hope and we need to empower people to understand that they can change whatever they want in life if they just dare to do it and can do it with other people. Mm -hmm. We can build a revolution tomorrow if we really, really, really wanted it to do so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so you also talk about innovation coming from overcoming obstacles. You mentioned that sometimes the companies with most time and money are the ones that tend to become less innovative because they don't need to become yeah, innovative. So on a, on a personal level, what if we find ourselves in the, as you mentioned, so dreaded comfort zone? How can we create an environment for ourselves that is of constant innovation Even if we don't have these type of challenges or obstacles in our lives, how can we how can we bring it to our daily lives? So we should not constantly be reinventing ourselves. It's okay. very important that you find a balance because if you reinvent and reinvent, you never create anything. Okay. So it's important to find your plateaus and just give yourself deadlines. So I'm a big fan of making big changes every seven and ten years. Like mm -hmm. that's where I big do the major uh, changes, and then I make sure that I every year give myself three smaller changes and challenges. And I actually do this with my husband. So every year I write down three things that I want to do next year. I do it around Christmas. And I plan and I give myself I give myself deadlines. And I allocate resources like time, focus, money, or relations mm -hmm. to something. So uh, every year I know by Christmas I need to write down three things. And it is, it's such a good habit because I have to think about so what's, what's going to be my goals for next year. It could be in my private life, it can be in my professional life, or it can be in my career. Like, mm -hmm. I still do the same, but I just changed country, right? That's a professional goal that I changed. Or it might be I want to do something else for mm -hmm. a living. Or I might want to have a divorce, or I might, like, I don't want that. But it's, like, take everything to a consideration. I don't accept status quo, and I've seen too many people who live a life that is good enough, but it's not really what they wanted. And I distinguish between two things, and that's pleasure and happiness. Happiness is what you have to work hard for. Pleasure is it's what comes easy. Like mm -hmm. going to McDonald's and have a burger might be pleasure, but it's not going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. Happy is if you cook all day sushi, right? And you <laughs> can have it as a reward with good friends in the evening. That's happiness, okay. just to make a basic example. I do believe in hard work, and I do believe in in planning things and I do I do believe that if you give up it's going to hunt you forever I'm not a quitter like I'm not a quitter it's not possible I force myself to try I have the damn uh, <laughs> I, I, I need to what, what I have been giving in terms of energy I have a lot of energy and that is something I'm obligated to use in a good way Mm -hmm. I don't use it in. I don't use it for running marathons every weekend, right? I could mm -hmm. do that, but I think it's. I have the deepest respect for people who run marathons, <laughs> but it's just like, but why? Like, why would you use your energy for that every weekend? You can do it every two times a year, if mm -hmm. if even, right? Yeah. So I, I'm very conscious about what I spend my time on, and I yeah. don't want to have boring conversations. I feel a certain. I deserve to be surrounded by interesting, exciting people, and I refuse not to be mm -hmm. in such a situation. I I don't want to. I don't want to see stupid TV channel movies. Mm -hmm. I don't read bad books. I I surround myself with whatever I can yeah. that is good quality to okay. inspire myself. What yeah. I put in my mouth and what I do with my head. I might, you know, you you always see fat. You sometimes see fat people, but what you don't see is sometimes people even have fat brains, right? Yeah. Lazy brains, fat brains, but you can't see. But they are. 
Yeah. I don't want to have a fat brain. It's a good perspective. And last question, we have a lot of people who come to the talks who are uh, HKS students and they are beginning the semester now. Some of them are beginning, beginning their MPA programs or, you know, they're beginning their school life. What would be the one advice that you would give to those students as they start a new period of their academic life? First of all, it's a big thing to be here. I mean, they are mm-hmm. super overwhelmed. It's mm-hmm. clear and they're very happy and honored and all that. So, And I feel it so. And, and I'm happy on their behalf. I would I would clearly spend time on socializing. Like get to know my classmates, mm-hmm. get to know the school, get to know the amazing people who work here or, and who study here. I would spend a lot of time socializing to begin with. Because when you socialize, you would know who you have access to. Yeah. Because there will be times where you don't know what to do with an assignment. There will be times where you feel lost and alone and depressed and all mm-hmm. that and you need to build a peer network of people who are brighter smarter more achieved uh, than yourself and you need good friends yeah. to support you and we know that people who have strong social skills and who have a social network they live longer they are happier they are more accomplished mm-hmm. so I mean if you don't have the basics right you will never become a good student here so I would socialize okay. and I know it's, it's a little bit against the rules because we want people to study hard I think study hard work hard but also play hard. I mean, you have to you have to socialize. Okay. I, I, I mean, that that is what I will spend the first month doing. Okay. Primarily socializing and being likable, being someone people like. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't don't try to be someone that is likable. I hope you're likable, <laughs> but be someone that people know, right? Be social. But maybe it's my personality. I don't know. But I always uh, I always start uh, by getting to know people. Okay. And then I dig into the work. My conversations around the board in in a boardroom or sales meeting would be seventy percent personal and then the last 30% will be business so yeah. that's who I do it yeah. but look what I close people like it they yeah. like the deals they like being around me because it's nice it's funny it's different and I think it's a good thing mm-hmm. there's enough boring meetings going on right <laughs> so let's change that yeah I agree <laughs> Um, Salima, thank you very much for coming, uh, for giving your talk. It was super inspiring, and uh, we hope to see you again soon. Absolutely. It's a big honor. Thank you so much for interviewing me.